Hello, hello. This is Larry Morrison, your financial shaman. Oh, got a big one for you today. We're going to keep playing with what we've been talking about. And uh, if you don't know who I am, you should by now because good Lord. Um, uh, what we do on this is we talk about money beliefs, right? the beliefs that are blocking money from coming into our lives. And a simple analogy is uh, <clears throat> um, if uh, I, I could teach you, and I have, I've taught many, many people how to make a lot of money. Uh, I taught myself too, or whatever. I, I had plenty of teachers, I ain't me wrong. Been in the financial world for 10 years, uh, going on 11. And I've been in the world of entrepreneurship and business for a long time 20 years 20 years I don't know something like that high teens um, but the thing is you can learn all the mechanisms about money but if you believe you don't deserve it you're going to get rid of it you're going to destroy it you're going to sabotage yourself you're going to gamble you know take way too many risks like there's just because you believe you don't deserve it. And if you have a belief that says, I don't deserve it, you have to be right. The belief has to be right. So then you will do things to make yourself right. But you're doing this subconsciously because you don't know the belief is there. But the idea behind emotions and behind law of attraction, we'll just start with emotions. If it feels bad, it means there's a belief system subconsciously that you need to work on. Anything that feels bad. You know, she shouldn't have left me. Well, then you have a belief that says love is supposed to stick around forever, I guess. It's probably just one of them, right? Because if you didn't have that belief, you wouldn't attach to it. And therefore, you wouldn't be as heartbroken when they left, right? So, like, this is what we're talking about. <clears throat> Emotions are never in a vacuum. They show us that there's a belief that's off. Reality is reflecting our belief systems back to us. So, um, again, if you don't, if you believe you don't, I, you know, if you have a lot of money or I teach you how to make a lot of money and, I, and here's the thing, I always wondered, I thought, um, we fear what we don't understand, right? So most people fear money, I thought, because they didn't understand it. But then the more I taught workshops and educated people about how money works, um, first of all, the first thing I noticed was People are scared to talk about it. There's a taboo around money. That's the first thing you notice. Second thing you notice is when people get past the taboo and actually ask for help, which is already going to weed out lots and lots of people, then um, so few will actually take the lessons and apply them. So many people just listen and be like, yeah, I'm going to do that someday. <laughs> I remember Jerry Hicks talking about this. Uh, he had read Think and Grow Rich and became obsessed with it. So, I don't know how, I can't compare the two. I, I did too. I became obsessed with that book and all of Napoleon Hill's work when I read it. Um, and he, Jerry Hicks, had taken this, uh, you know, this mindset, these things, and, and made a ton of money with it. And then he was teaching others to do the same. And he noticed the same thing. He's like, why am I able to do this but no one else is? Or not many, many, many people. Why, it, it, you know, like... Why don't you just listen and do? Because there's a self-sabotage going on. If you believe you don't deserve money, you could literally hand people the keys 
to the kingdom of reality creation, and they'll be like, no, I don't deserve it. And you'll just be like, what? You'll just be blown away. Like, what are you talking about? So, if we don't get rid of these subconscious beliefs and correct them and reverse them and redirect them, then you're going to be stuck on this hamster wheel for the rest of your life. So today, what we're going to talk about, this all is cascading through. And I, I said on the last one, I never say you have to, a certain order you have to listen to these in. But I'm changing that. This is going to be, a, this is like a, a part series. And maybe I'll actually go back and, and change the titles. But um, it starts with, the number one most limiting belief around money, which is money is the root of all evil. That creates a dichotomy between you and God, source energy, right? To where now you're separate from God, and then there's a third separation between anything we judge as evil, which is now money, which means it's separate from everything. So inadvertently you're pushing money away because you don't want to be evil, and you don't want to let God down and fail source, right? So you push away money, not realizing that there's nothing outside of source at all. It's all that is, right? But your belief system is what's creating these separations. So then you push money away, right? And you bring on the beliefs that you don't deserve it, thinking that God doesn't want you to be evil, so it's not going to give it to you, thinking that um, God doesn't... uh, you know, the rich man in the eye of the camel and all that horse shit, right? Like, thinking that God is judging you and um, that if you deserved money, you would have it. Well, you're the one that's placing the belief on God like that, not God itself. It wants you to be blissfully happy all the time. In the extent that you want to be. And so... What I mean to say is, if you believe you don't deserve, you're putting a wedge between you and it. Because it's not God doing it. It's you. You are the creator of this reality, whether you want to believe that or not. This reality is mirroring back to you what you believe. You change the beliefs, everything else will change. So, is this an echo? No, I'm tripping. Okay. So, um... So what happens when you create the belief that money is the root of all evil is you create this non-deserving. The next thing you do is you create the unworthiness, which is to say, I'm not good enough. You place two barriers back to back within yourself. Say, I'm not good enough. I am unworthy of money. I'm not good enough to be rich. I'm not smart enough. I'm not talented enough. I'm not whatever enough. And this, in turn, also blocks money. All cascading from this uh, belief that money is the root of all evil. Because you're pushing it away. You're trying to find ways to push it away. So, the next thing that happens since you're pushing money away is you also believe scarcity is real. Even though abundance is the natural way of the universe, you believe that scarcity is more real because you're starting to experience it in your life by pushing it away constantly. 
They're constantly pushing it away, not wanting to become evil, not wanting bad things you label as evil in your life. So you're getting rid of it. You're self-sabotaging. I don't deserve it. You don't even see opportunity when it's there. You're, woe is me. I can't do this. Why, you know, why does God hate me? Why does money so cruel? Why do the worst people have it? Blah, 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 blah. Blame, blame, get rid of, blame. Victim. You're a victim of your own shit, right? Constantly pushing it away. Then you believe in scarcity being real and abundance being for the few instead of the many, which is actually kind of ironic since abundance means, right, so much. So, like, it wouldn't make sense that abundance is in the hands of the few. But we believe that, so we make it real. It's a psychosomatic effect, um, like a placebo effect. So, scarcity isn't real at all, but we create it in our lives. This is what we're doing, constantly creating scarcity. I'll give you an easy example. Why is it that somebody who makes $3,000 a month will tell you it takes $3,000 a month to live, if not more? And then you talk to a family that's making $4,000 a month or a same exact identical person making $4,000 a month. And I know there's no identical people. Just follow me on this. How much would they say it takes to live? 4000 a month. Huh, what happened to the extra $1,000? And every other financial professional will look at that and go, oh, it's just bad budgeting. No, it's scarcity creation. We're the ones that constantly need new shit, bigger stuff, to keep ourselves scarce. We do all these weird little things. Live below your means. Yeah, okay. Live below your means. Means don't expand at all. Don't understand who you are. And if it meant live below your means, what the fuck wouldn't you, if you lived the same way you did in college or in that time of your life in your early 20s, as you do now, you'd have plenty, right? So how far below your means are you supposed to live? This is all the shit we tell each other to keep ourselves small, to keep things scarce. There's a finite number of resources. We got to get them all, hoard them. It's all bullshit. It's all a lie. So then the next thing that happens is greed. Greed is what we're going to talk about today. So we've created a dichotomy in separation from source. We then push away We then push away money because we don't want to be evil and we don't want evil in our lives because we've labeled it as evil. And we push away money and then we wonder, we say we don't deserve it, we're not good enough, we wonder why scarcity is in our lives because we're not accepting the abundance that is. And then we create greed, which is we go after it. There's an emptiness inside of us now. There's an emptiness inside of us, a void that constantly needs more, that is saying to the universe, there's not enough. There's never enough. It's an emptiness 
that we're trying to fill, a void that is like a black hole constantly consuming everything in its path. It's like a drug. You, you create this belief that more money will solve all your problems, but that's too vague. More is always gonna be more. More means there's never enough. If more money is always better, that means there's never enough. <laughs> no one sits around and defines what enough means. So, we have this scarcity in our lives and there's never enough to fill it. This is exactly what keeps happening. We keep pushing the, making the bigger goals. I know what it'll be. When I'm a millionaire, then I'll be happy. Then I'll have arrived. Nope. Done it. Didn't happen. Didn't feel any different. Kept having to go get more. Hello. It never actually comes. Because you have the belief that there's never enough, how could it be enough? Why do we see so many millionaires, multimillionaires, and billionaires constantly going to get more? Because they have this belief that there's never enough. That's it. They have to be right. The belief system has to be right. So they look at a giant, what we would consider a giant bank account and see not enough. We look at it from our perspective and go, are you kidding me? That's plenty. You have enough. But what it's similar to somebody who's looking at their body and seeing imperfection. Like an anorexia, somebody who has anorexia or bulimia, or you know, thinks they need tons of plastic surgery or something. Right? They look at the outside world and say, you're not enough. It's not enough. It's not good enough. And no matter what they do, no matter how surgeries they are, no matter if they're skin and bone anorexic, they still see fat. They still see not good enough. They still see imperfection because they're trying to fix the outside world without fixing the inner world. The belief system that there's not enough, that they're not good enough, that something is wrong. They're trying to fill the void from the outside when the void is inside. This is what creates greed, and it's not just about money. Let's see, what kind of dog is this? I don't know. I think it's got to be some kind of a mutt. It's like a, it looks like a, kind of like a, a Labrador Terrier mix with tiny legs. So I don't know that breed. Anyway, I'm trying to get better at breeds of dogs as I go for these walks. Um, so it's not just about money. Money is one way we see greed. But what greed really means is I'm not enough. That's the void inside. I am inferior. I am defective. I need more. The mantra of greed is I need to do more get more and become more. The now is not good enough. I need to be always in the future. This was my life. 
if you asked me any 99% of the time, maybe okay, 90 maybe 90% of the time, I was always in the future. I lived in the future to escape the now because the now wasn't good enough. Oh. Basketball court with an actual rim. Sorry, distracted. Squirrel. Um, I'm in Nevada right now and because of COVID, Nevada and all of the parks and almost all of the schools, they've taken down the hoops on the basketball courts. <laughs> right when I'm trying to find new ways to work out that don't require a gym, I'm like, damn it. So I do but every time I see one, I'm like, oh, mental note, come back to this one. Um, anyway, sorry about that. So I need to do more, get more and become more. That's the mantra. Right? I'm not good enough right now, and in the future, I will finally arrive somewhere. I have to, I, I, I gotta get somewhere. When I get there, I'll be happy. When I have money, just a little bit more money, I'll be happy. What does that sound like? That sounds like a fucking drug addict. I just need to get a little bit more heroin. Just a little bit more. But we go back to the fact that if you haven't cleaned up scarcity or thinking money is evil, that shit's never going to happen. Because you're going to find ways to get rid of it. It goes back to the what happens to that extra $1,000 in the budget. You find ways to spend it. Or in, in America's case, we overspend. And then we have to try to catch up. Making sure we're constantly behind the eight ball. Constantly on this hamster wheel of not enough. Sorry, I thought this road would be... I was in a super quiet neighborhood. I'll just circle this thing. So... So, greed. This greed is the representation of the void. So when we talk to people, it has nothing to do with the amount of money that they have and everything to do with this lack of acceptance of themselves and of the now. The way out of greed, the way out of this constant need for more, this incessant nonstop need to get more, is to radically accept who you are and where you are in life as the perfection of all that is. We say it like this. Let's go back to the bulimic, the anorexic, right? If he or she did the inner work of accepting themselves as perfect, as God's creation, is exactly the way they should be, as the body is a miracle of evolution, that it will tell you what it needs and when. It needs to go pee, you go pee. You're hungry and need to eat. Now, that's a whole other subject, but for the most part, just follow me without getting too much down the rabbit hole of how much we eat as Americans. But, um, you know, if it's in pain 
It's trying to show you something, right? That's a fucking miracle. This temple that we live in, that's a pit bull. I know that one really well. That is another pit bull and what looks like a husky, a miniature husky, um, maybe a puppy. Um, so, we would tell them to radically accept their perfection of the body. And the more they did that, the more they saw themselves and accepted who they are in the mirror, as everything is playing out divinely as it should, and let go of all the trauma and all the beliefs and all the bullying and all the people who told them, even if they were their parents or family or brothers and sisters or friends that told them they didn't look right, that there was something wrong with them, the more they let go of that and accepted their own self as divinity, the eating disorder would disappear. This constant need to get somewhere would be gone. I don't know what that is. It looks like a pit mix with something else. Um, and this is the exact same thing with money. The more and more we accept that money is not evil, that scarcity is a lie, that we deserve everything that we want simply by the fact that we choose it, that we are unconditionally worthy simply by the fact that we exist. Everything in creation is unconditionally worthy. Every tree, every animal, every human, every rock, every lake, it's unconditionally worthy. It's been given everything it needs. If we weren't worthy, we wouldn't exist. Those are little guys. Uh, Scottish Terrier. I think. Scotty. Um, we're given everything perfectly every day of our lives and yet we can somehow judge it and judge ourselves and see imperfection and that self-judgment given to us usually by their our parents or given to them by their parents and their parents and their parents stops us from accepting all of the money that's available to us all of the love that's available to us and all of the abundance, all of the wealth, all of the happiness, all of the joy, the bliss, the ecstasy, the connection with other people, because we put this wedge in between us. We don't accept who we are. And as I'm thinking and talking about it, we attract other people into our life that are similar. I started thinking about all of the friends I grew up with, and all of them had this similar trait, regardless of where they grew up. 
I, you know, if they had a ton of money, they grew up in a, uh, a big house, or if they were like me who grew up in an apartment, a lower, in, a lower income apartment, like it didn't matter because they didn't accept themselves. Why would that be? Why would that happen? Because their parents taught them conditional love and their parents taught them conditional love and their parents, I mean like, you were constantly judged. You were constantly made to feel not good enough. You were constantly put a wedge in between you and source energy, in between you and infinite intelligence, in between you and your creator. You were said that you had to do something to prove your worth. Otherwise, you weren't loved. That's conditional love. And the more we believed it, the more we put that wedge in between us. We're the ones creating the fucking wedge. No one else is doing that. The way out of greed and this emptiness inside is to realize that your creator and you are not separate. You never were. All of that is, all that is means you. It's to realize that Source would never stop loving you for any reason. Period. That is what unconditional love means. Never. Not for a second. It's also to realize that there's nothing outside of source. Do you want money? Hell, if you want sex, you want anything. It's all source. It's all connected to you. And there's nothing evil about it unless you judge it that way. You deserve everything that you want, all of the time, unless you think you don't. You're unconditionally worthy, you are good enough all of the time, unless you think you're not. If you believe you're not good enough, then that's what's gonna show up, more and more inferiority. Believe scarcity is real, that's what's going to show up. You think, speak, and act from scarcity vibration, competing for resources that aren't scarce, then that's what's going to show up for you. You believe there's never enough, then there's never going to be enough. Because you have to be right. So, how do we first start the journey into self acceptance? How do we first start to just go, wait a minute. Sure, we can unravel the beliefs that I just mentioned. And by all means, do that. If you know how to do that, if you have a modality, or if you learn one from me, unravel these major beliefs. These are the big three. The big three, money is the root of all evil, scarcity is real, and there's never enough. They cascade into one another, starting with the separation from you and source, right? by labeling something as evil, and that you could be evil in turn. And, and your love restricted. 
then that creates the scarcity, which also creates there's never enough, which creates the void inside that you want to consume constantly to try to fill from the outside, which is hilarious. You create all these things on the inside, but don't think that you think that going to get more is going to get you more and it's going to fix the inside, which it never does. I had so many friends. I was blessed with a numeral, numeral, numerous number of friends growing up in high school. People like me. And I still felt inferior. All of the time. I still felt not good enough. All of the time. Little did I know that I was attracting people who felt the same way. Because I think a lot of people feel this way. They feel unaccepted, no matter what. Because they don't accept themselves. So how do we start this journey of self-acceptance to get out of this belief system that there's never enough? That we are not enough? I truly believe it starts here. Yes, unravel the beliefs, of course. Do that. But if you don't know how to do that, just listen. Or if even if you do, just listen. I want to give you an idea. I want to incept a thought into you. Or maybe remind you of one you've long forgotten. <sighs> what if happiness is not what we're here to experience? Follow me on this. You might already be resisting this. That's okay. I accept that. Because I accept you just as you are. It's like I accept me, or I'm on the journey to. What if happiness isn't what we're here to experience all of the time? Maybe that's a little bit easier to swallow. You see, let's imagine for a second that on the other side in this, you know, quote-unquote spirit world, out of this physical reality matrix that is quite obviously a simulation, what if on the other side we are pure, unconditional ecstasy at all times? And the only way to experience separation from Source which we are really good at doing, by the way, and unhappiness or any painful emotion or physical pain is to come here. In the game. So by that logic then, we don't want to experience happiness all the time because that's where we come from. We come from unconditional love and bliss. We are light and love. All of the time. That's our eternal nature, is love. So the only place we could experience not good enough, unworthiness, undeserving, scarcity, fear, separation, or imagined separation, is here. Pain is here in this reality. And since you and I are in this reality, 
I have to assume that we wanted to experience some of those things. Now, the magnitude and length of those experiences is clearly up to us. Right? So when I say, what if we're not meant to experience happiness, it doesn't mean you're supposed to be depressed all the time. It does not mean the number two, in my opinion, number two limiting belief that, that separates us from sources was we think God wants us to suffer. No, that's not what I'm saying at all. We're not meant to suffer to expand. That's ridiculous. What I'm saying is if we don't accept every emotion, then we don't accept ourselves. Follow me on this. Let's say we as God decided to come to experience whatever we're supposed to be here doing. Yeah, everybody's different. Everybody's come here to accomplish something. <clears throat> Only you know what that is. However, when we get here, we wipe our memory. Yes? You don't remember being on the other side. Most of us don't anyway. And so how would we make sure we're on the right track to accomplishing what we want to accomplish and connecting to that divinity even without remembering that we are that? Well, it's not like you were born tattooed with a guidebook, right? Or instruction manual. So Source did something more ingenious. They gave you it gave you an emotional guidance system to say, hey, when your emotions are negative, when you feel bad, they are never in a vacuum. That means that's telling you that there's a belief system that needs to be fixed. However, no emotions are bad. They just are feel them, then understand where they came from, fix the belief, and let go of the emotion. But what do we as humans do? We repress, suppress, escape, and try to fix the outside world to make sure we don't experience that pain again. We also teach this to children. Children are not allowed to feel feelings. Anytime a child cries, we try to fix it. Ask any parent what their main priority is, is to make their child happy, as if we have that power, first of all. And then we try to protect them from pain at all costs. No abuse should ever happen. Right? No yelling. No bullying from other kids no made to feel less than they, they you want to insulate the fucking world from negative emotion think about that logically for a second what are you saying first of all you're saying that this child is powerless that they're somehow uh their innocence 
somehow means that they're not God. Right? And you're also saying that what? They're supposed to wait till they're 18 to experience bad emotions and then you've done a good job as a parent? That's a horrible idea. Because what it, they won't have any clue how to deal with a negative emotion if that were the case. If you somehow lived on an island with no, with no predators and were able to insulate all negative activity somehow, then when it happened, because obviously it will, the child would be debilitated. It wouldn't know how to process a negative emotion, how to identify it, how to process it, how to learn from it and the belief system underneath it, and how to let it go. You would actually be doing a disservice, which is maybe why we all know that experiencing negative emotions is not a big deal, which is why almost every child has gone through something. Even, I've worked with trust fund children who experience just as much shame as anybody else. This money's got nothing to do with it. Even if you have loving parents that never fight, like, you'll still find a way to feel, like make up a story about, oh, I didn't make the band, so I'm a piece of shit or something. You can't not experience negative emotions. And we do the worst thing when it comes to that. We say negative emotions aren't okay. Children should be happy their entire childhood. What does that say to them? That you are not allowed to feel bad. You do not, you're not allowed to get in touch with your emotional guidance system and figure it out, how it works. This is what is meant by the emotional dark ages. You're depressed, you're a kid. You don't know anything about depression. Fucking go play. Cheer up. Don't feel that way. What the hell do you have to be depressed about? Then we wonder, when we get to the age of adults, why... We're on this constant chase for happiness. And we hate any other feelings besides happiness because that's what we were trained to do. So I go and say again, are we supposed to be happy all of the time? Guess what that creates? Self-judgment. If you believe you're supposed to be happy all the time, anytime you have an emotion other than happiness, even if it's just like a neutral, like a piece, you feel terrible because you're supposed to be somehow, you have a thought process that says you're supposed to be happy all of the time. So now what happens is you have self-judgment who is completely aware of any time you're not happy. And then makes you feel ashamed for not being happy. Shame is by far, I don't know, depends on who you ask. I think it's the lowest emotion there is.
So we bring shame in our lives simply by the fact that we're not constantly happy. Because we have a belief that we're supposed to be constantly happy. And that everyone should be always happy. Oh my God! The people of Uganda, and I'm just pulling that out of my ass, I don't know what's going on in Uganda right now. But like, they're so oppressed. Ah! We need to fight for them to be happy. What the fuck are you talking about? They are God. Just like you are. Did you ever think that they maybe came here to experience that stuff, to wake up to their own divinity? Stop judging yourself. Stop judging other people's emotions. As if you know their experience and why they're here. You don't. No one does. And until they do, it's going to keep repeating itself. So, what if happiness isn't the ultimate outcome that we're striving for all of the time. Because paradoxically, what is happening is you wanting to be happy all the time makes sure you never get there. Just like I said, you want to be happy all the time. As soon as you feel a negative emotion, now you beat yourself up. You bring shame onto yourself. I shouldn't be this way. I'm broken. God fucked up. I fucked up. I'm unworthy. I don't deserve this life. I should be happy. Maybe you should just be for a second. Be with that unhappiness, that shame, that anger, that frustration, that pain, the abandonment, the dread. You know? And we should just be there with it for a little bit. And stop judging it as bad. Self-judgment is the reason you don't accept yourself. What would be the need for judgment if you unconditionally loved yourself? What would be the need for judgment of God? Why would God judge if it was unconditionally loving? There would be no purpose for judgment. Right? There would be no reason for right or wrong. Because it would can love you just the same either way. So judgment doesn't actually exist. In source. Only in us. It's called acceptance. Happiness is not the ultimate outcome. Acceptance is. Unattach yourself from happiness needing to be that way all the time. And you'll experience it more of the time. That's the paradox. You wanting to be happy all of the time stops you from being happy. Let it go. If you love something, set it free. Set it free. You don't need to be happy all of the time. You need to feel all the feelings and accept them as you. They are you. And you not accepting them is pushing them away just like you do with money. It's exactly the same thing. These bad feelings are evil. And you push them out of your experience. You numb them. You go see a psychiatrist and get a bunch of fucking pills. Because you don't want to feel. 
heaven forbid you actually feel them and clean up the belief system that created them. Just like we're talking about here with money. You're meant to feel all of the feelings. They are you. They are here to serve you. And the minute you run from them or explain them away, or just like I did, go into the future all of the time to escape from them, you're cutting yourself off from your emotional guidance system. I've used this analogy before, but when we label emotions as weak, I always imagine like a dude bro kind of a guy who uh, he's like cut off his left arm or tied it behind his back till it atrophied and being like, emotions are weak, bro. Like, 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 like your left arm is your emotions, emotional guidance system. And you've tied it behind your back until it's atrophied. And you're like, you use two arms? What a pussy. Only chicks do that. Like, that's what I think about. Like, what are you talking about? Why would you ever cut yourself off from your emotions? They are you. They are a part of you. They are here to serve you. They have a bigger purpose than we think. They're here to help us. We want to feel all of the feelings. And accept them as a part of life and a part of you and a gift from source. They are here to guide you on your path. If you accept it, think about this for a second. If you fully, radically accepted your emotions as there to help you, right? And you look at money and you feel bad, what would be the next conclusion? I feel bad. The feeling is not the problem because I fully accept myself. There is no problem, which is the actual truth. However, since this emotion is here, it's telling me that I'm seeing a problem, which means there's a belief about what I'm seeing that's causing this emotion. What would I have to believe about this situation to cause this emotion to happen? If you're looking at money and feeling anything but love and acceptance, appreciation and gratitude for all you've been given, then you probably have a belief it needs to be more, or there's not enough, or I'm not going to have enough to do whatever I need to do, scarcity. Right? Or, you know, money shouldn't go in natural ebb and flow cycles. Or whatever. I am fully lost, which I absolutely love because I know this area like the back of my hand. So, being lost is kind of fun. It means I get to find there's going to be an aha moment. Oh, yeah. I'll be like, oh, yeah. That's going to happen. Probably when I round this corner. I'm like, oh, yeah. I know I am. So, radical acceptance is the way out of, of uh, greed, of all types, 
I need more love. There's not enough love in the world. I need more love in my life. Radical acceptance of who you are, where you are on this journey, that you've always had enough love because Source always loves you and all you have to do is tap into it and remember it. I love how we're always like, yeah, but you know, God loves me all the time. It's not really a big deal. I want to get love from this person. What? You mean the person who can't see you for who you are? That doesn't accept you for who you are? You want to get love from that one? But the one who created you, who loves you inside and out, knows everything about you and why you're here and what journey you're on, you don't want to get love from that thing. The thing that created everything, you don't want that. You want this love from this douchebag. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, that makes no sense. Unless you have a belief that you don't deserve love, then it makes complete sense. I mean, what, what would you have to believe about the situation to think that you have to get love from somebody who doesn't see you? You'd have to believe that you don't deserve love. That you're not worthy of love. And then the aha moment just happened. I know exactly where I am. Um, you'd have to believe that you need validation from that person in order to feel good enough. That you need to be seen by that person or seen at all by something external than you. If there is such a thing. To get love. That's what you'd have to believe. And this is the beauty of it. Radical self-acceptance is the way. Accept that you have always had enough money. Every fucking time you had enough. You know how I know that? Because you're able to listen to this, which means you have some kind of communication device, had enough money for that. You had enough money to eat your whole life. You had enough money for water your whole life. You had enough air your whole life. You had enough money for shelter your whole life. Until this point, you had enough sleep to be able to understand my words. You had enough money to afford to sleep in a safe place for the most part. Enough money to clothe yourself. Otherwise, I doubt you'd be listening to this naked, but I, I, who the fuck knows? You know what I'm saying? Like, you've always had enough. And you have enough right now. You know how you want to arrive somewhere? One of my friends said this. Shout out to Happy Money Man, wherever you are in the world, brother. He's like, there's only two ways to arrive to success. One, you set a goal and actually keep it which is what people don't do, right? As soon as they get somewhere, they move the goal. So you set a goal and actually keep it so that, and it's attainable, so that when you get there, you've arrived. Or you lower the bar to where you are now and accept that you have arrived now. Because how else do you think you're gonna arrive at whatever your version of success is, if right now isn't good enough. Think about this. If the now, the here and now is not enough, how do you know it will be enough when you get to where you think success will be? If you're deval is it devalidating the word? Invalidating the here and now as not good enough, you're gonna do it when you get there too. How could you not? 
You haven't fixed the problem. The problem is you believe there isn't enough. If there's not enough now, there's not going to be enough then. Why do you think there's still so many fucking rich people that are in scarcity? This is a, a majority, a, a, I don't want to say a majority, a lot of my clientele are, are people that are affluent, that are trying to figure out where's this happiness thing? <laughs> I got all this money, all this success, the accolades, people like me. I don't feel happy, Larry. Help me. <laughs> I hear that all of the time. Except that where you are now, you once dreamed of being. Can you honor that little kid or that younger person, that younger version of you that dreamed of where you are now? Can you sit down in your mind's eye and say thank you for that dream that got me to this moment? We made it. We arrived. I'm alive. I can breathe. And feel the love of source at any time I want to just by remembering how grateful I am radical self-acceptance and gratitude I think they bring I think they go hand in hand or one brings the other or vice versa but gratitude my god if you want to arrive truly be successful Self-acceptance and gratitude. That's your freedom. Gratitude is the doorway home. I am grateful that you sat through my ranting for 54 minutes. I'm grateful. Let this come through me grateful to wake up and still learn every day more and more aha moments grateful for everything I've been given every dime every friendship every I love you every heartbeat every breath hope you do the same until next time be safe out there tell somebody that you love them and receive that love in return there are different waves on the same ocean different clouds in the same sky good journey my friends <laughs>